Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable for the week of July 31st, 2006. I'm Pete Werner, joined here by our Orlando team, including Bob Varley, Corey Martin, Ricky Pearson, Kevin Close, and from Dreams Unlimited Travel, we have John Magi. So welcome, everybody. And uh, I thought we'd start this uh, this week off talking about our uh, our visit to the contemporary. Oh boy! This uh, this week we uh, spent a few days over uh, over at the contemporary, and, and I guess I, I walked away a little uh, a little disappointed. Um, but there were some there were some there were some good aspects. Namely, um, I had a friend in town that really wanted to stay at the contemporary, and the only thing they had available was concierge, and uh, it was a lot more expensive than I'm accustomed to paying for a hotel room um so i guess my expectations might have been a little out of whack but uh uh, one thing we did get a chance to do which i thought was real interesting i wasn't even aware they were doing this there is a a special safari done at animal kingdom for guests of any any concierge guest on property now the animal kingdom lodge has been doing the sunrise safari for their concierge guests i think since the beginning Uh, but uh, this was something that's open to any any concierge guess, and I got a—I don't, you know—I don't know about you guys. I thought that was spectacular. We got to go out for about an hour in a van that I think was there ten people, about ten people in the not ten people, about, about ten. And uh, price was forty dollars a person, and you get to go out for an hour with two of the uh, two of the animal specialists that work work uh, at Animal Kingdom. Uh, it's not the usual guides. And uh, although the an- the van is air conditioned, I-, I don't know how g- how much good it did because there were no windows. Your really. pot was air conditioned. Mine was not well, air conditioned. There were. I'll, I, had open windows. It was also like three hundred and twelve degrees out. Yeah. I think that day, and we were all baking out in the savannah. Um, but what was really really nice about this? One of my big complaints with the, the Kilimanjaro so far. Well, I call it the Kilimanjaro five hundred because they race through this thing. You can never take any pictures. You can never shoot any video. And this was great because they stop. I mean, they just pull off the side. They have certain places where they can pull off the side of the road. And, you know, the other, the other trucks are going past you. And you're getting, you're getting a chance to see, you know, real up close. Getting a chance to see. We saw giraffe. We saw ostrich. We saw white rhino. White rhino. We stayed in front of the elephants for about 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. We were parked in front of the elephant area for, I got some for quite a photos. while. So yeah, we had. Uh, so I, I was I was really impressed with that, and I was impressed with the amount of information, uh, the type of information they were giving about the animals as we were going. Yeah, we got to see giraffe poo. That was that was pretty nice. Yeah, uh, that shellacked, was shellacked shellacked giraffe poo. Chocolate covered raisins. They looked like it was like really weird. Yeah, it was. And, well, I think it was weird that this woman pulled out shellacked giraffe poop out of her pocket. Yeah, that was scary. Um, was she a guest? No. <laughs> oh, this was the uh, this was the uh, the animal she specialist. Says, here, here, hold uh, this. Yeah, right. I wouldn't touch it. It's been shellacked. I'm like, well, good for it, but I'm not touching it. Um, so that I, I really thought that was probably. Uh, I think they should make that experience available to everyone uh, for forty dollars. If you've ever done the safari and have wondered, you know, what it would be like to I don't know actually see the things they're taking you through, this was great. This you definitely really felt great. like a VIP during the whole thing, especially when the, the other trams are just zooming past you and you're, you're stopped, hanging out the window, taking pictures. It was, it was really nice. And we took, some, we took a lot of good pictures and yeah. some really, really good video, and we'll have that hopefully up on the site this week. They, they gave you a lot of insight into the, the animals. 
specifically where they came from and things like that. I also thought it was interesting how they identified them. They they sh- they told you how how they identify the different animals to, with with the like uh, the tabs on the ears. She was saying, yep, and they can tell which animal it is, and then they passed around the like a couple of the horns that came from the animals that fell off. It was interesting. It was. It was very interesting and very informative. I thought it was, uh, like I said, it was, just, it was very hot. Ugh. I mean, Animal Kingdom is a hot park to begin with, but go sit out in that savanna for no. a half an hour, an hour, and you know, no think water. you're living on the sun. Or you water, get the true if experience. You go, if you go on it, make sure you bring a bottle of water with you. Well, I'm all for accurate experiences, but, you know, there's a limit. <laughs> now, I understand you guys went during the day. Mm-hmm. Where the sunrise safari goes in the morning, is that the normal time that it runs? Yeah, these run that? these run at uh, uh, these run at ten a.m. and one p.m. Um, so yeah, we took the, we, the all that was available the day we were there was the one o'clock. It's the hottest part of the day too. Yeah, but. yeah, it was. But it was. I'll tell you, even though it was warm, it was great. Now you guys went during the middle of the day. This wasn't the sunrise safari. This was sometime during right, the day. Right. Yeah. The sunrise safari is only is limited to uh, Animal Kingdom Lodge concierge guests. Uh, this, I think, it's called the Wilderness Safari, is for any concierge guest, and they had they, they were offering them at uh, ten a.m., ten a.m. and one p.m. And you guys saw a lot of animals at one o'clock. I was you? yeah. I was surprised at how many animals we saw. Yeah. Everything. I mean, we had like I said, we had the elephants were out the. Um, uh, everything we saw, we saw giraffe, we saw ostrich, white rhino, white rhino, alligators. I mean, everything was out. And this is one of the things. And the lion, most importantly, the lion. Yeah, was I out. got some great pictures. Of one lion. of the things we hear a lot is get on that ride, get on Kilimanjaro Safari early in the day. That's the only time you'll see animals, but that's not true. You'll see animals all day long. Yeah, Maybe it, different ones. Well, one of the things they pointed out on the tour was that you know the, sometimes the animals want to be out, sometimes they don't. There's not mm-hmm. much they can do. They can try mm-hmm. and entice them, but. You know, it's kind of. You did mention if it rains, the animals come out after the rain, and you do get to see a lot of a lot of them then. Right. Well, we also did extra magic hours over at MGM last uh, last Wednesday, and uh, I have to say I was a little a little disappointed. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, I I guess I I, I'll be honest. I don't get a chance. I don't stay on property as often as I guess I should. Living here in Orlando, it's kind of silly, but. I was, you know, I remember the e-ticket nights and how cool those were where you bought the, uh, bought the, was it $10, $20 when they ended it, uh, and you got three hours, three hours in the Magic Kingdom after, uh, after the park closed, and they limited it to about 5,000 people, so you, you got a chance to really ride things and really kind of experience having the park to yourself, well, that doesn't take place anymore, it doesn't cost anything, you have to be a resort guest, it doesn't cost anything extra, but it's open to everybody. So, you know, MGM is a small park to begin with. It doesn't absorb crowds well. And uh, what by by midnight, there was a 45-minute wait for the great movie ride. Yeah. Hour wait for Tower of Terror. Unreal. And uh, It was crowded. I mean, I wouldn't wait. I, honestly, I mean, I like the great movie ride and all, but I, I, I wouldn't wait 45 minutes for it under optimal conditions, let alone... Uh, That's one of those rides you sort of jump on in between other rides. It's exactly. always a fast-moving queue, and the ride itself moves so quick. Well, it was funny, because I went up to one of the cast members working the ride, and I said, you know, is this normal, 45 minutes? She said, extra magic hours are busiest night. 
Wow. So she goes, everybody's doing, everybody thinks the same thing. So I just want to manage people's expectations. You know, during peak season like this in July, August, um, when, when the parks are packed, don't, don't expect, don't expect too much from, from extra magic hours. You'll be a little disappointed. I think the fact that Fantasmic was closed due to rain was, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that, that I th- I'm sure that helped. Uh, that's a lot of people that that now want to ride rides where they would be just watching a show. Yeah, well, that was also they just they they called they called Fantasmic for rain right before it's the first show started, and they just let everybody out onto the street, and everybody was just kind of mulling around on Sunset Boulevard. It was a sea of humanity. It was. It was. Well, it that was theater holds so many people that when it does let out, it's tremendous. I, mean, I can imagine that's probably a big cause of why the rides were so crowded. Exactly. They were all out of, was the park itself crowded? Or just, yeah. Wow. It was very hard to maneuver around. Well, the other thing is they only open one park at night for extra magic hours, correct? Correct. So there are no other options anywhere on Disney property other than Pleasure Island where everybody can go. Anybody staying on property. Oh, we also had a great dinner uh, over at the Hollywood Brown Derby last Wednesday. It was excellent. I had a great meal. Great salmon dinner. What did I have? I had the filet mignon. You had the yeah. filet mignon. Yeah, filet mignon was awesome. It was awesome. Good. But I've never had a bad meal there, honestly. Whether it's been for lunch or dinner, I've never, ever had a bad meal. That restaurant is also quite handicapped accessible. It's a large restaurant. I sometimes reward myself in the afternoon and, and go over and get a carb salad over there just because I can. They opened up a small... Uh, snack bar next door called Starring Rolls and when it first opened they sold Cobb salads there. I wish they'd bring those back. You could yeah. get a Cobb salad outside of the restaurant and sit outside. Uh, it, it, it remains one of, my, uh, one of my personal favorites on property. If I'm an MGM I like to, uh, I like to at least have lunch or dinner there. I actually noticed when I was walking out of the Brown Derby that every table I walked by at least one person had a Cobb salad on that table. I like to look at other people's food. That's pretty <laughs> There's not a lot of salads that I think are worth a trip to Disney. However, the Cobb salad is one of them. Corey's the restaurant stalker. If you see someone staring at your food, taking pictures of it, it's probably him. Also interesting that they they do not offer sandwiches at the Brown Derby. Have you ever heard the story of the Cobb salad? No. That there was a famous movie star. I apologize. I can't remember his name. But the man who owned the Brown Derby and he were great friends. And he showed up at his restaurant one night after having dental work and couldn't find anything that was soft enough to hit for him to eat. So the gentleman who owned the Brown Derby t- went in the back and took all of the stuff that he had in the refrigerator and put it through a grinder. And that's how the, the Cobb salad was oh, wow. born. Wow. Great piece of history. I certainly love them. Pete, when you started this conversation, you stated that there were some disappointments with your stay at the Contemporary Resort. I'd be interested in hearing what you thought. Well, first, I should say that I, I thought the rooms themselves, the new sty- the style of the new rooms, excellent. The great color scheme, great furniture, real comfortable bedding. Uh, love the flat panel LCD televisions in all the rooms now. Um, if you stayed at the Contemporary before this most recent redesign, you may have seen some of that garish jetsons meets flintstones look they had going on there for a long time and uh so in that regard i was real pleased when we first got into the room uh you know the phone didn't work um the phone was completely dead okay fine you can kind of look the other way on that and they came and they replaced it the next day we went to take a shower and we couldn't because the shower didn't work now keep in mind this is a brand new room 
or, or new, a newly refurbished room in concierge, $500 a night for this room. And, and the shower doesn't work. It took two and a half hours and two trips to the concierge desk to get maintenance up there. And by then, we had to leave to go do what we needed to do. We, couldn't, we didn't take a shower. And we were going to spend the day in Animal Kingdom. That was charming. Um, I was real disappointed with, the, um, with a lot of the stuff they were laying out in the concierge lounge. It seemed like it was just basically frozen stuff that you could get at Publix. Yet they're charging this gr- unbelievable premium. And I just, you know, concierge is never a, a value. And you never go into it looking as a value. But as a good rule of thumb, concierge should be 50 to to $100 more per night than, the, than an average room in that hotel. In this case, they're charging about $250 a night as a premium. And you're really not getting anything. It's not like at Universal where if you're just a resort guest, you get front-of-the-line access. Um, I think Disney might want to start looking at making their concierge, uh, I don't know, a little more, a little more worthwhile. Because uh, what they were, la- like I said, what they were laying out for the uh, for the in, in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening was very basic. And I thought not at all. And they had some great restaurants in the contemporary, and it looked like they were just microwaving stuff to put out. So that, and then you know, like I said, you're paying five hundred dollars a night for a hotel room, and they're giving you the little shampoos that. The same shampoo and that, that garbage they put in the rooms. You want to talk about a, a park peeve or pet peeve of mine? That who, what, what kind of hair care regimen does America have that nobody complains about this horrible shampoo that Disney puts in these rooms? And, you know, it's a concierge. And I hate to keep whining about it, but it was a concierge room, $500 a night. And you're giving me this garbage soap and shampoo. You know, put something decent in these rooms. For what Disney is charging for the most basic hotel room these days, I think it's about time they started doing something with the in-room amenities and stop putting stuff there that people are just taking as souvenirs. Put some real stuff in the room. So I had a lot of disappointments. I didn't feel like the I didn't feel like the customer service at at the at the Contemporary was there. Um, there was no real effort made to, in my in, in my opinion, to try and fix the situation. We did end up checking out early. Because I felt like I was being ripped off. So, how was the view? Uh, we actually we got a view. Uh, it was a nice view. It was a view of Bay Lake, but it was it was a nice view. So no, that didn't even get a a Magic Kingdom view. No. It surprises me that we hear about guest recovery all the time and how each cast member is enabled and empowered to make a guest stay more enjoyable, and that when you're paying that rate, you don't get that sort of that same basic privilege that park guests get. Well, what bothers me is that, you know, like I said last week, the week before we had been at Portofino. And my friend and I, my friend Kevin and I were, were also stayed concierge there, which, by the way, was half the price. And the lounge much nicer and the spread much nicer. And we were over there. I said to Kevin, you know, what do you think of this place? And he said, it's really nice. It's great. But it's not Disney. We get to the contemporary after a couple of days there. I said to him, so what do you think of this place? He goes, it's not Portofino. <laughs> um, and I, got to, I have to say, you know, about two days after we got back from our, our stay at Portofino, I had an email from them, a survey, asking me what I thought. I gave them a very honest appraisal, what I liked, what I didn't like. I, got, I received something back from them today, a, a real letter, not a form letter, saying thank you for taking the time to tell us your concerns. We're passing those, your comments on to the right people. I just really like the way they handled it. It looks like Lowe's is doing a very good job. And 
I don't know. Um, personally, if you like concierge, I would, I would go stay at Universal and drive down to Disney. You're going to get a much nicer room, much nicer, much nicer lounge, much better service um, for half the price. And the inconvenience is you're going to drive 20 minutes to the parks. So, well, We look forward to that 5 o'clock at, over at Portofino in the lounge. It was great. Yeah, at 5 o'clock they would put out uh, for about oh, two, yeah. two and a half hours. They had a great spread out there. And while we're on the subject of uh, disappointments, uh, I, this would be a good time, I think, to talk about our sound off segment from last week. We asked you to tell us what it is on vacation that bugs you. What are your, what are your park peeves or your pet peeves? And we got some, we got some very interesting responses. Uh, Harold, uh, who didn't tell us where he was from, uh, writes, in shades of green up their prices, you now have captive parking. They have nowhere that you can park without paying extra for the privilege. The worst part is they give no breaks for handicapped people. I was told to self-park in another resort area and take a shuttle. Is there some way to make up for the lower price break they give military personnel? We were kind of shocked to hear this because most, uh, if I'm not mistaken, all Disney hotels do not charge anything for valet parking for handicap. Yet, as we found out, the shades of green, uh, $10, was it, Corey? $10. $10 if, uh, for valet parking. And $5 for the garage. And five dollars if you want to park in the garage. So that's for all guests, correct? For all guests, for all guests. So that's. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I think for handicapped guests, there should be no charge for valet parking. That could be real difficult in some of these resorts to go from self parking into the into the hotel, or at least the same price. At least the five dollars. Mm-hmm. I think it should be no charge for handicap. I mean, come on, especially at shades of green for a handicapped veteran. I mean. I think that's a little insensitive. What else is unusual about this is that people can't go to the Shades of Green. It's not like the Polynesian where you can go to the Polynesian and enjoy their atrium or or places like that. You have to be a military personnel or a guest of the resort to go to Shades of Green. So it's just odd that they're charging the people who have to stay there this surcharge for parking. Right, exactly. We also received an email from Mike in Kennesaw who uh, was uh, lamenting about uh, what we were talking about last week about wheelchairs, uh, saying his wife injured her foot in Epcot, and they spent the remaining days of their trip pushing her around in a wheelchair. And he came up with uh, two peeves that bothered him, uh, people who don't need wheelchairs or carts but rent them anyway just to get special treatment at the parks, and uh, those people who stop halfway down the theater aisles when cast members are telling them to go all the way down the end of the row. I don't have a lot to say about the people who sit in the middle of the theater, but I do have some information about people who are traveling throughout the park in a wheelchair. I travel quite frequently with someone who's in a wheelchair, and I have to tell you, there are not a lot of special perks or special treatment afforded to people in wheelchairs. Disney had made, has made most of their queues handicapped accessible, and if you're in a wheelchair, you have to wait in the same line as everyone else. Uh, I don't know if you consider sitting in the back of the theater all the way to either the left or right a special perk, but that's where handicapped people usually have to sit. There are a few rides at the Magic Kingdom that still require that they stop the ride. I can think the Haunted Mansion Mm -hmm. or something like Peter Pan's Flight or the Winnie the Pooh ride, and those queues are still not manageable in a wheelchair or electric scooter. But other than that, I don't know that there's a, a... much going on that the average public isn't used to. 
And as far as the people who are sitting in the middle of the theater, we've all done it. You're only annoyed because they're doing it to you. <laughs> have you ever done it to someone else? I have. I have to admit. No, I'm, I'm, I've never I, done it. I, honest to goodness, I haven't. I haven't. I'm, I'm. So if there's only 40 people in the Hall of Presidents, you're going to walk all the way over to the end and no, sit in no, that No, 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 not seat? when there's 40 people. Well, it no, happened but. to us on Wednesday at MGM from Muppet Vision 4D. They, uh, we had a group, and it was our aisle, a, a family of five. And the hard part was walking past them. I mean, the dad already had his feet up on the chair above him, like, hello. <laughs> There is a way around that, you know, and this is sort of one of those special tricks that we don't tell people. Position yourself in the middle of the group. You don't have to be the first one through the door. Position yourself in the middle of the group, and you're going to get those middle seats one way or another. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what we did. (laughs) That's a good tip. And we also received an email from Jordan in Orange Park, Florida, who writes, I wanted to let you know of the last time we were at the Wishes at the Magic Kingdom. Uh, we always save wishes as our last fireworks show to see as we became engaged during it. Uh, everything was going great, but just as the show was about to start, a group of guys came up and stood in front of us. We thought nothing of it and didn't care until one of the security guards working for Disney came up to the group of guys and placed his hands on one of the other guy's rear ends. I could have understood if he was just doing it as a joke, but it was like this for the whole show. I personally don't care who or what he likes, but when he's working, I feel there should be some sort of conduct that they have to follow. Needless, needless to say, I reported it to City Hall, and they said there was nothing they could do because there were thousands of security guards at Disney. Although that put a hamper on the wishes, it still didn't ruin our vacation. I just hope it didn't ruin anybody else's. Kevin's looking like he's got something he really wants to say. Go ahead. Jordan, I find it incomprehensible that Disney is spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars exploding mortar shells over your head, and what caught your attention was somebody's hand on somebody's butt. <laughs> I think it was the security guard doing it that really, and, and a cast member for that fact. Well, maybe yeah. it was a security thing. Maybe he was patting them down or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't don't be there. I I, I, I strongly suggest you avoid uh, Magic Kingdom during gay days if that bothers you. Oh boy! But uh, I thank everybody for uh, for sending in their uh, their their sound off uh, emails. I appreciate it. We're going to be sending these three fine people a twenty five dollar gift certificate each. For any dining location on Disney property, and uh, can I ask a question? Sure. Is the butt touching something you can add on to your park ticket? <laughs> oh, nice park hopper type of thing. Right. No expiration it date. May, it, I, I guess it could be a perk. Oh lord. So for next week, I thought our uh, our sound off topic could be uh, what your favorite out of the way spots are in the theme parks. When I was in the parks this week and seeing those crowds. I got to thinking about uh, just little little places that you can duck into that are cool, comfortable, and don't have 500 people pushing up against you. Um, so let's hear, let's hear what yours are. What are your favorite out-of-the-way places to go in the theme parks? Let me tell you about one of mine to get you started. It's not really out-of-the-way, and it's not something that not everybody can go to. I find that when you sit in the courtyard in Germany, at Epcot, that your sight lines are such that there's really nothing to take you out of Germany. I find that if you sit in France and look across, you can see Mexico, and if you sit other places, you can see Spaceship Earth. When you're sitting in the courtyard in Germany, there are some trees blocking your way, and that the view is just of water. There's nothing to take you out of the experience, and it's sort of... It's one of my favorite spots to just sit and watch the people go by because you can pretend you actually are in Germany. 
Anybody else? Anybody else have some favorite spots? Alongside the castle, as you're heading into Fantasyland, there's the little grotto where the princesses come out and do their daily uh, talks to the to the kids. It's the storytelling sections, and usually uh, Snow White comes out, and I forget who else comes out there. If you hit that little grotto in between shows, it's really quite wonderful. It's cool. There's a lot of trees overhead. People seem to pass it by. Nobody looks into there and sees what's going on. There's benches where you can sit. Just sort of relax and take 10 minutes out of your day. I apologize. I wasn't going to do this. I told you my one favorite spot. There's another spot behind the castle, as long as we're talking about princesses. There's a fountain behind the castle. It's a fountain of Cinderella. And what a lot of people don't know, especially adults, is if you're a child and drinking out of that water fountain and you look up at the statue of Cinderella tiled into the artwork behind her is a crown and as a child is drinking and looking up at the statue of cinderella it looks like she's wearing her crown so the next time you're out behind the castle in the magic kingdom get down on your knees and pretend you're a kid and look up at cinderella wearing her crown it's really spectacular that's cool very cool so let's hear your favorite out of the way places send us an email to podcast at wdwinfo.com and if we use your uh, your uh, submission, either on the site or here on the podcast, we're going to send you a $25 dining gift certificate, good anywhere on Disney property. All right, moving on, we want to talk a little bit about some of the uh, uh, booking trends and information that we've been seeing through Dreams Unlimited Travel the past week, along with some discounts. So, John, what have you got for us this week? I had a chance to look at some of our booking numbers uh, before we shut off for the roundtable. And one of the things that's very interesting is that uh, we're seeing a lot of people who are asking for requests for travel that soon. By soon, I mean less than 12 weeks. Um, this usually causes a problem. Usually we can't book something that soon. There's just no availability. Or you can't find availability for someone's entire stay. What's interesting about it is that we are finding availability. There are resort rooms on Disney property that are available for stays that are relatively soon. And it made me wonder, you know, why is this the case now when it usually isn't the trend? And I found a couple of articles on Orlando Sentinel, orlandosentinel.com, that talked about the um, resort occupancies. And they mentioned that resort occupancies in Orlando, they don't specifically mention Disney because Disney doesn't release their numbers to them, but resort occupancies in Orlando are at the lowest point they've been since post 9-11. At the same time, we know that Disney's uh, resort prices are the highest they've ever been. Oh, tell me about it. So this $500 a night for the contemporary, yep. So this is part of the reason why we're finding availability. Um, there's a, sl- a slight slowdown in travel, plus Disney's becoming so expensive, people aren't staying. There's a good side to this. There's an upside to this. And the upside is that there are some codes out there and some discounts out there that people can use to get a pretty good uh, discount on their stay. There's two that are on the Diz right now, uh, BPN and YYC. Both of these codes are for travel from August 19th through September 30th. One is for a room-only stay. One is for the room portion of a package. And we're finding that there's some really good prices with those. Uh, Let me give you an example. We have uh, a family of three, two adults, one child. 
They're arriving September 22nd of this year. They're staying for nine nights at the Caribbean Beach. They've added a nine-day park hopper. And using the YYC code, it's $2,500. Wow. Now, a nine-night park hopper wouldn't be discounted. The, the ticket portion is never discounted. It's off the room. So that's a pretty good price yeah. for staying nine nights. Um, also, what this tells us is that we're probably going to see some more codes come out from Disney. We'll probably see some, some more discounts become introduced. And we know historically last year there was a code that was released for October 23rd for, through November 23rd travel dates and that was a very good offer and i'm sure we're going to see annual pass holder military and florida resident rates come out as well of course these things exclude the holidays uh just something that we thought was interesting the requests that were coming in now we're seeing are for all travel dates and all in all times usually you see people who are looking for a specific time to travel that's not the case we see people who want to travel soon. We see people who want to travel during the holidays next year. So people are starting to plan their vacations more evenly now. Uh, some interesting information. The most requested resort we're getting. Can anybody guess? It's not the contemporary. I'm <laughs> not anymore. It's, not. <laughs> it's the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Really? Yeah, that actually kind of surprised me. Well, there's usually some really good, they usually do a lot of really good specials over at the Animal Kingdom Lodge, if I'm not mistaken. I think the pricing for Animal Kingdom Lodge is pretty good, especially for what you get. Yeah. You get a pretty good hotel room, and if you pick up a nice view, those rooms are spectacular. The Animal Kingdom Lodge is also a truly remarkable resort. Where else in the world can you get, other than Africa, yeah. a room with a zebra outside? Exactly. Mm. Um, the next most popular request we're getting is for the all-stars but the all-stars collectively so i would think that when you're looking at three separate resorts they would be the ones that we get the most requests for but i'm talking about all three of those together fall under the animal kingdom lodge uh next is caribbean beach followed by port orleans collectively and then finally beach club and then the rest will sort of even out along the way most popular ticket option people are asking for is the five-day with park hopping. Makes sense. Makes sense. Average stays. What about add-ons? Add-ons, usually park hopping is the most requested add-on. The least requested add-on is actually the no expiration date. Um, I don't know if that's because people don't understand it. Um, when you say to people, do you want to take no expiration date? it kind of becomes a double negative. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if it's because pe people don't know what it is or they just don't care. They're not going to come back or they just going to buy tickets again when they come back. It doesn't really matter to them. There's a small segment of us who are still a little burnt by that. We used to buy tickets that had no expiration date. The fact that we now have to pay for them yeah. kind of frosts me. <laughs> I'm sure that's true of a lot of people. Um, let's see. The most popular package request is for the Magic Your Way with Dining. A lot of people want to know what it's going to cost them if they can sort of have this all-inclusive stay. Um, I gave you that one price for the person with the YYC code, but let's look at um, an example is December 22nd of this year, six nights, Wilderness Lodge, two adults, the six-day park hopper with the water park option came to $3,200. Wow. 
Wow. A little over 3200 Over Christmas. Over Christmas, plus you've got dining involved in that. Wow. And the Wilderness Lodge has just redone a lot of their rooms. It looks great. We had a chance to look at those rooms and, and walk through them. They really look terrific. They really do. Now, was that two adults and one child? or that just? Was, sorry, that was just two adults. Just two adults, okay. That dining plan's really taken off over the last year. Very popular. I wouldn't be surprised to see that become something more of a standard feature rather than a once-a-year event. It is extraordinarily popular. I get a lot of feedback and emails from clients asking about the, the food option, and it's something that they're really interested in. We have some great information on the Diz that lists all the restaurants and, and really explains the dining plan very well, so it's there, terrific. There are folks out there who use the, that dining plan to their advantage. They have the, the prices and how to get the best bargain out of that dining plan down to a science. We have the menus on the site, so you can really get down to the dollar with it. It also gives people an opportunity to try places that they might not have been willing to spend out-of-pocket money on. Mm-hmm. It's true. Uh, the next most popular package is the Magic Your Way, just the plain Magic Your Way. No dining, no nothing special added to that. Um, I brought a lot of pricing with me, but I'll just throw one out there for you. November 22nd, three nights, Port Orleans at the Riverside. Four adults, four-day ticket with no options, no park hopping, nothing else added to it. A total of fourteen fifty-four. That's pretty good in the week leading up to Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah I think now that's going to be over the Thanksgiving holiday. So, right. um, still a little pricey. Still a little pricey when you think about it. But again, given the time of year that we're right. looking at, um, compare that to September twenty-third. We've got a five-nighter staying at Animal Kingdom Lodge, two adults, two children, five-day park hoppers, $2,300. You've got, in my opinion, a nicer resort. You've got a longer length of stay, and you've added the park hopper to it. So I think these things are worth looking at. Disney has added a level of complexity to their package and their tickets. You've really got to do a little homework, and you've got to sit down and decide what's right for you before you really make your final decision. It sounds like a good reason to have a travel agent. I agree. <laughs> Something else we're seeing a lot of requests come in for, the basic plan for 2007. If you're not familiar, the Disney doesn't release all of their package pricing uh, at a set time during the year. We wish they would. We wish they would allow us to book their packages one, two, three years in advance. But as they work out their pricing options, they allow us to book room-onlys, or, like now, we can book the package, uh, the basic package. And for 2007, we're getting a lot of requests for people who want to hold and reserve their resort stay. They want to lock in that resort and make sure they don't run into availability issues, especially over the busiest times of the year. And let's see, I've got some sample pricing for that. January 6th of 2007, a five-night stay. The Polynesian Resort, one adult, one child. At this point, it doesn't really matter what the makeup of the party is because you're not adding tickets. You're basically just holding the room. $1,852. November 15th of 2007, six nights stay, the Wilderness Lodge, $3,700. Wow. So 
people are out there. They're holding those rooms. They're interested in traveling next year. And uh, they're making their plans ahead of time. In addition, if you're a AAA member, you can give us your AAA number, and we can get you some really good discounts uh, with that number. John, I get questioned on that a lot. So you're telling me that if you have a travel agent and you have a AAA number, all you have to do is let your travel agent know what that number is, and they'll help you apply that discount? That's correct. That causes some confusion sometimes. That's good to know. I'll tell you why there's a little confusion with that. Travel agents can book a AAA discounted room. They can't book a AAA discounted package. That's Disney's rule. But if you're looking for a room-only reservation and you use your AAA discount, you can add your passes later, do an advanced purchase on your on your park tickets, and you'll save a lot of money. Let me give you one really good example that I found. Um, for October 9th, 2006, uh, a seven-night stay at the Pop Century in a standard view room with a AAA discount, $656. Wow. So... It's really worth digging out your AAA card and letting us know. There's something else to be said for booking that basic package. It's not really so much a money-saving tip as more as a money-managing tip. If you book your package or your, uh, excuse me, your basic package only, uh, buying tickets over time allows you to pay off your vacation over time. It also gives you the opportunity of adding park tickets as holiday presents, birthday presents, that sort of thing. So you're not getting putting your full vacation on your credit card at one time. It allows you to spread that out over some time and buy your park tickets separately as opposed to making a package out of it. It's also true is if you do buy your park tickets, they have to be purchased uh, in full. You're paying for your park tickets in full. If you purchase a uh, package, then you're actually paying over time. So don't forget, if you're a AAA member, make sure you give your travel agent their AAA number so that they can look for any discounts that might apply. Now I'm going to turn it over to Kevin Close, who's got some really interesting information on what we're seeing with the cruises. John, we're finding that uh, when the Mediterranean cruises first came out, there was a great deal of speculation as to whether they would sell or not. They're selling at a much higher price point than anything Disney's offered before. Uh, there's also some speculation as to whether these ships are going to sail empty or not. And what we're finding is that they're probably not. The two fourteen night repositioning cruises are still showing a good deal of availability. People are not as willing to fly to one destination in order to take a two-week cruise home. So we're finding that the staterooms on those ships, we're still having run of the ship as far as what categories we can get. Let me give you an example of price. On the May 12, 2007 westbound sailing, which is sailing from Port Canaveral to Barcelona, two adults and two children in a Category 9 stateroom is running about $8,000. That's not including air transfers or insurance. Now, if you do book that, you do get a $250 shipboard credit if you book through Dreams Unlimited Travel. What we're finding is uh, the middle of the sailings, the sailings that are happening in uh, June and July, we are running into a great deal of difficulty putting two staterooms together. Most stateroom categories are in guarantee unless you're willing to move into the 10s and 11s. And what we're finding is that if people need a stateroom larger than a four-person stateroom, we're finding them on opposite ends of the ship and on different decks. Uh, We are finding that the 10-night category, or excuse me, we are finding that the 10-night sailings are a little more popular than the 11-night sailings. So 
we are finding that these cruises are drawing a great deal of attention and people are booking them. And that's definitely true. I, I took a look at the booking numbers and those 10 and 11 night cruises are very popular. So I don't know if that's because of that's when people's vacations fall or... Well, I think for the first there. time, Disney is offering an opportunity to see something outside of a Disney park. I understand that we've gone to the Caribbean, but because of the fact that Disney is located in the United States, the Caribbean doesn't seem that exotic. This is the first time that Disney is venturing this far afield from their theme park locations. Now, Kevin, what about the uh, the 10 and 11 night Caribbean cruises that are going out in September? I'm hearing those aren't selling quite as, as well as originally originally thought. Well, the speculation was that these were not going to sell as well, and in this case, the scuttlebutt is true. We're finding that there are great deals available on the 10 and the 11 night. You're talking about the sailing this September, correct? correct? We are finding that there is a great availability. Disney has not only offered an annual pass holder discount, they've now also offered a Florida resident discount. Getting a stateroom on one of the 10 or 11 night cruises, I've got some great deals. I won't bore you with a whole bunch of numbers, but on the 11 night, two adults and in a Category 11 stateroom, is running $2,500. Wow. $2,500 for two people for 11 nights in the Caribbean is a really good That's deal. A very good It's price. worth it, your food. Exactly. Uh, there is a run of the ship as far as stateroom availability. You can have pretty much whatever category you're interested in. The other good thing is we're not even seeing people being forced into second dining. First dining is still available. If you're looking for a bargain Disney cruise and you have the ability to go in the middle of September, this might be the one you want to grab. You probably won't see a deal as good as either of these cruises again in a long time. I do have some other good deals to tell you about. What we've done is we've gone through and we've picked a sort of mid-range category. We've picked two adults in a Category 6 stateroom. And we've picked the cheapest sailings as to what has been scheduled so far. For two adults in a Category 6 on the 12-9 Western sailing, we're looking at $2,600. If you're interested in an Eastern sailing, the January twentieth, two 2007 cruise is currently pricing at $3,000 for two adults. Mm. There's a three-night leaving on 1221. That'll bring you back in on Christmas Eve. And for two adults in a Category 6, you're looking at $1,900. And on a four-night, again, right before Christmas, leaving twelve seventeen oh six, two adults in a Category 6 will be about $2,100. These are the best prices we are currently seeing for those categories of sailings. Is it a little surprising for some of these to be uh, still available? Well, that's what we were to, uh, John was discussing earlier. We're finding availability in places that we normally didn't see availability before. We're finding that some of the holiday cruises still have availability on them. Uh, one of the sailings that's showing a great deal of interest, there's a special 10-night sailing leaving December 16th of 2006. It's going to leave the 16th and come back the 26th of December. We're finding that that sailing, while not sold out, most categories are in, uh, in guarantee status, and the prices for this sailing are kind of high. Uh, two adults and one child in a Category 6 stateroom is $9,200. Whoa. So when you compare that to the 10-night sailing in... September, you can see where the September sailing's coming off as a much better deal. Much better deal. Now, granted, most people can't take their kids out of school 
couple weeks after it started. So if you're one of those people who can take advantage of the sailing, as I said earlier, if you're looking for a deal, now's the time to jump on these. Well, honestly, what was Disney thinking putting a 10 and 11 day sailing in September? I mean, we have trouble getting people to go through four days in September, let alone. I think they wanted to get out of the Caribbean, you know, east and west and try to go south more with the hurricane season. The itinerary for this 10 and 11 night sailing is much further south than Disney usually goes. The other thing is they're not taking away the seven night sailings, which is unusual. They are taking the wonder out of the northern Caribbean for that time and taking it to the southern Caribbean where there's less chance of a storm. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate the uh, the information. It was some good stuff you had to share. And, and uh, bottom line, there are some really, really good deals still out there. And uh, by all means, go over and check out dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. You can get a list of uh, current cruise specials and any current discounts that are out there. And uh, the best service available on the web. So that's dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Uh, Bob, what do you have off property? What's, I know we have some, some good deals. Uh, you got a good deal this week on, on Radisson? Yeah, I got a great deal on Radisson this week. They have a summer special that's running $59.99 in the August, select days in August and all of September. It goes along with what John was saying about availability and room rates. I'm finding that in the off-properties as well. Those uh, August, September, and mid-December, you can get some great deals out there. So, again, Radisson is like my diamond in the rough. It's got transportation to the Disney resorts, SeaWorld, and Universal all included in your your, uh, pricing. Complimentary? Uh, They have a resort fee. Uh, that is included in that that would help you get there. We also have the Sheridan Vistana Resort. has some great discounts in August and September. Uh, rates for a one-bedroom for discounted rates of $99 for Florida residents, government, military, nurses, and teachers. That's Those are great rates for those. And what are the dates that's running? August 20th through September 30th, I'm showing availability. And those are, those are absolutely beautiful, beautiful absolutely. resorts. Plus, you, you have full kitchen facility, so you can cook some meals in there and save some money. Yeah, I had a friend. We put a, I put a friend of mine who was in town last week. I put him up uh, over at Vistana. He had nothing but, but praise for it, said yeah. it was beautiful. It's a great location, too. It really is, right on 535 there on Lake Buena Vista. So, oh, Thanks, Bob. Thanks for those updates. And uh, while we're on the... Subject of updates, uh, talk about some of the things we've added to the Diz, namely the, uh, the edition this week of Diz Radio. For those who haven't checked it out, you can check it, see it, you can get to it anywhere on our discussion boards or on our homepage, www.info.com. Um, it is uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week of Disney music. I've put a lot of stuff up there from uh, not just the parks here in, in Orlando, but also Disneyland, Disneyland Paris, and Tokyo Disneyland. Uh, although we kept the Tokyo Disneyland and Disneyland Paris stuff for the overnight. Um, but uh, got mostly Disney music up there. I have taken a little creative license with some of the playlists, but I would love to hear what it is you'd like to listen to. So just send us an email to podcast at www.info.com and give us your suggestions on what you'd like to listen to, what kind of playlists you'd like to hear. Um, we're not playing any advertising uh, on our radio station and, uh, we have a nice, high-quality uh, audio stream. It's CD-quality sound. Sounds really good. Got some really good music up there. 
And like I said, you can find it uh, on our homepage at wdwinfo.com or on any one of our, of our discussion boards. And uh, that wraps up our show for this week, folks. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'll be back next week with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. For everyone here in Orlando, I'm Pete Werner. Thanks for listening.